0: community Rage Mainstream Podcast for the first time. Our new friends from Indianapolis, Indiana, Southbound Beretta. I want to yeah. welcome you guys no! to the show.
1: What's up?
0: So, I want to start this off by saying that I am an absolute fan. Like, on, man. you know, like I always give bands a listen before I get them on just to get a feel. And, you know, so I can act like I sort of know like what they're about. But then I heard your guys' music and I was like this is like the like if I were to do a band this would be the type of band I would want to be in.
2: That's oh, so yeah. sick, dude. Oh, thank you.
0: And um, like I said I went back I went back through your guys' catalog and everything and um that song Under Fire, it's just like like I, it it's like one of those like perfect type songs. Like the chorus right is so on, catchy, man. the vocals are great and um yeah, I mean I'm not going to be like a fanboy or anything on here, but um yeah, I definitely dig the I dig the music. Right on, man. Thank you so much. I have a
3: cool story about that. Like when we we actually released that as a single really late and kind of not really the reason we did it, but we knew it was the right choice because when we played Blue Ridge Rock Fest, um people were kind of just like walking by, no one knew who we were. We were a brand new band. And we were playing that song, and I remember looking out and seeing people stop at that chorus and then walk in. And we're like, all right, this is the single.
0: This is it. Yeah. That's awesome. So, who do we have here sitting with us today? Because there's a fourth guy over here that I don't remember seeing before.
4: Brand new.
2: So, yeah, he's our, our new uh, guitarist. His name is Austin. Um, he played his first show with us last Saturday in uh, Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, we've known him for years from the Indianapolis music scene. Uh, killer guitarist. Uh, just take a little, you know, a load off my shoulders. So um, he's going to start soloing and treading, and we're already writing tunes with him and everything. Um, he's a, a man of few words. So, Austin, you want to say something? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I and mean, we're we're stoked to have him. We uh just got back from like a promo shoot to officially announce him, but uh yeah, yeah he, he's a uh, you're pretty much the first person to know other than Youngstown last uh, last Saturday. Yeah, and shout out shout out to Youngstown freaking
3: Westside Bowl. That is a killer venue. Man, that place yeah. was sick. Nate was super cool. Super cool. All the bartenders were cool, super hospitable. Um I mean, great sound, awesome stage. It's essentially like. This sounds wild explaining it, but it's a giant bowling alley, pizza parlor, bar, music venue. And when I say music venue, the stage is killer. The sound is killer. Oh yeah. The sound guys are actual sound engineers, yeah. like through <laughs> and through. The place was wild. That was, yeah. uh,
4: that was the that was the first time we had actually played out there, and we had like I mean it's nothing. Like crazy, but we still had like 65, 70 people roll out. It's in the middle 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 of nowhere, so it was sick. That was shit. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. So, who else do we have sitting with us today?
2: I'm Casey. I play bass and do vocals. I'm Mike. I I play guitar and do vocals as well.
4: And uh, I'm Cody Apple, and I like to hit shit really hard. (laughs) 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 So I, I guess, guess actually,
0: this what was is that? Sorry.
3: Here, dude. That's what I'm working with down here. Y'all <laughs> thought it was glass. No, it's not.
2: Sh- shout out Thirsty Pony.
0: <laughs> so I guess let's do like a miniature behind the music. Who is Southbound Beretta? Or what is Southbound Beretta? Why is Southbound Beretta? Why
2: is For sure. Yeah. Um, so uh I was living out in the East Coast uh, after college and just kind of uh, was going through some crappy mental health times. And uh, I, I played music my entire life. And uh, that was the first time in my life that I, I wasn't in a band actively. So I started kind of just focusing in and writing rock tunes just like therapeutically. Went out, recorded the album up in uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey um, at a place called In the West Studios. Um, just tracked it, just kind of to have fun, you know, therapeutic, like I said, um, ended up moving back to Indiana just a couple months after that. And, uh, Casey and I played music together pretty much our whole life. Um, and we were out having dinner and on the way home, I showed him some of the the songs. Um, and he's like, Hey, we should start this band up. And I, I grew up a drummer and I was like, dude, I can't, I can't play drums and sing. Um, so I guess, I guess, you know, we're screwed. Like whatever. He's like, play guitar. You know, you like playing guitar, give it a shot. Um, so yeah, we started it up, um, just you know, corn fed rock and roll. Uh, we have influences from you know, as light as like Third Eye Blind, Thin Lizzy, you know, stuff like that. Skinnered, and to as heavy as Pantera, uh, Metallica, you know, Slayer, and it's just we're we all listen to literally everything from you know bluegrass to you know. Uh-oh. Uh
0: oh. I think you're. Uh, there we go. Now we're back. We're back. Yeah, we're back. Right on. <laughs>
2: okay. Yeah, so uh we're just trying to get together write some some fun music that uh you know people uh can get off work on Friday come have some beers and and see us live and have a good time and and kind of you know for an hour kind of forget about the bull crap going on in the world forget about you know work sucking the whole nine yards and just come out and have a good time and uh really just trying to make fans friends and uh, make it like a family atmosphere so um, yeah that, that's uh, at least how I think of Southbound Brother personally. Yup.
3: Yeah.
0: So the one yeah. thing that I really do enjoy about the music is there is that, you know, like sense of familiar the uh, f- familiar uh, you you know what I try you familiarity? know what I'm trying to say. Familiarity. is that
2: familiarity. It, I got you. It's a word
0: that <laughs> says one of the listeners will probably correct it. But um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But there's like a sense of that, and the the catchy choruses. It's something where you listen to the song once or twice, and you know it already. It it. it it feels like it feels like you've already known the band before you know, for even delve into it. And I I guess that's kind of what the best part about that, like you know, classic rock and stuff is. And um, I think you guys are. Like the embodiment of it in the twenty first century, in a in a world full of Greta Van Fleet's and Dirty Honeys and shit, it's refreshing to have a band wow. that kind of uh, invokes those type of feelings and have it not be so cliche and ran down your throat. For sure, yeah. I, mean, and I don't know if you guys I mean, are that's, fans that's of them. A fine or not,
2: line but. to walk, you know. It's it's uh it's it's kind of like Dirty Honey and Greta Van Fleet's are great examples because they're they're great bands doing great music, but it does sound almost too familiar you yeah. know so it's, it's a super fine line to walk so uh we kind of have a little bit of identity crisis where I'm like is this too heavy is this too weird should we be more classic rock you know and uh just letting it come out organically and not saying uh oh let's make this song sound like Led Zeppelin 1 or let's make this song sound like Van Halen or, or whatever it may be and just having it come out organically and be from the heart um I think that's kind of where we're trying to. Navigate that to the sense where it still is obviously very classic rock inspired, but it's not necessarily like a rip of any classic rock band.
0: Exactly. And, you know, like, I don't always mean to bash on like Greta Van Fleet or Dirty Honey, but it just seems like they like those type of bands or them two in particular, they're just kind of riding off that whole like nostalgia type feel like, look, you, you like Led Zeppelin. We like yeah. Led Zeppelin. Actually, we kind of sound like Led Zeppelin too. Like if you're into yeah. that, like you'll like us. And totally, totally. Originality. There we go. That I, I don't feel like there's any kind of uh, originality with those type, with those two bands in particular. And um, for sure. Yeah. But this isn't going to be a bashing on every other, every other band that's trying to do a rock sound, <laughs> but. <laughs>
2: uh, I, I'd rather that than the, uh, the Jonas brothers of the world and and no disrespect there, North Jersey boys too. But, uh, uh, I'd, I'd rather, you know, some classic rock sounding than, than, uh, insert crappy music here. Not saying Jonas brothers are
0: crappy, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, this is the true, true. truth. You can say whatever you want here. (laughs) It's a safe space. So the thing about like what I
4: kind of think about it though, is like, especially with like the kind of rock and roll we play, we can still play with, like, some heavier bands and whatnot, too, and like or even softer bands. Like, we can fill in so many gaps with that, and it's just more, like, ver- more versatile. Yeah. I feel like going with different bands and stuff like that.
0: I just I'd add that, too. Totally. 100%. And I think, realistically, we need more bands like that, like, in the whole, you know, in the spectrum. Because, you know, it's becoming real divided. With, uh, you know, with genres and stuff. And we're in a market that's completely saturated with, you know, like tech, tech, like metalcore and, you know, uh, the the heavy bands with the soft vocals. And I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that because there's quite a few of them have been on this show, but it's just it's nice to be able to have a band that could go out and actually do any kind of show they want.
2: Totally. So, yeah, and, and that's something we we feel pretty passionate about. You know, we have songs where we could be on a bill with a band like The Killers, and then we have been covering Domination by Pantera in our set. You know, like, uh, no, versatile really? to the point where it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. been a lot of fun, man, the past yeah, six a, months. Right?
3: There's a clip There's a clip on our Instagram right now that we do a mashup of Pantera in our song Letter, uh, Letter from Racketeer. That's awesome. Did you, know like there's,
0: a did you know the three heaviest thing in the universe? One's a neutron star. The other one's a black hole. And the, the third heaviest is the breakdown and domination. Uh, yeah. yeah that, the is, breakdown is, yeah, that ended
2: the Cold War, yeah.
4: baby. <laughs> dude, I'm honestly like, I, I feel like there was a lot of like hate drafted towards like, cause they like made a comeback pretty well. I feel like there was a lot of like, I see. I've seen a lot of bashing, I should say, but I'm still like honestly extremely hyped that they kept that like legacy kind of going and whatnot.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing too. I've recently just talked about this with somebody else. Um, people, it's like it's ridiculous when when people were you know bashing on everyone's involved with the new Pantera reunion. It's it's not them getting the band back together. It's them doing a tribute. Per se. Exactly. And the yeah. people that are in there, you know, Zach Wilde and Charlie Bonet they are the closest friends of those two, like ever. And if they're exactly. if Vinny yeah. and Dime were I still thought, around, I, they would be the guys that they would want to do it anyway.
4: Totally, yeah. totally. I thought that was a perfect fit.
0: Like just seeing 100%. like seeing that announced, I was like, that is like primo. Yeah. Primo. That that's gonna be absolutely <laughs> killer when that comes around.
2: I'm stoked, man. It's, it's going to be unbelievable.
0: So I guess let's get into some of the influences here. Now I can hear, I can definitely hear the Metallica. I can hear the, the ACDC type like choruses and stuff like that. Let's dive a little bit deeper. Who's what it's everyone's influences.
3: Well, first off, like before we say our influences, uh, we keep getting called the modern-day Motorhead. And then someone also called us Clutch Without the Meth, and that was kind of funny. <laughs> and we actually played with Clutch one time, and this is actually a funny story. Like, when we are at Blue Ridge, uh, our, like, stage tech, Wasey, he and I, like, got up super early, and we go and hit breakfast, and none other than Clutch is sitting there. and. They're like, what do you guys sound like? We're like a brand new band. And I was like, dude, we sound like Clutch. And they thought it was like the funniest thing. <laughs> but, Austin, awesome what's some of your influences? Mm. You can think on it. Uh, mine, I don't know what shirt. I got Alkaline Trio. Shout out to the Midwest, dude. Um, I'm on this big, like, underground 90s kick. Uh I've been listening to Snapcase a lot. I've been listening to snot. Always Alkaline Trio, Snot. Yeah, Snot, uh, if anyone doesn't know who Snot is, it was Limp Biscuit before Limp Biscuit essentially. And then the singer ended up getting killed in a car wreck, so they, like, never really became much. Um, I think they, like, played Ozfest, and then he ended up passing away. Um, I don't know, some just kind of more broader influences that kind of sound like us. I love motorhead. Uh I couldn't I tell Munch by the Rick. Rick. Heck yeah. yeah <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. Gotta have that Rick, man. Um, that goes along with us being a three piece for a long time. I had to make the bass sound more like a guitar. And I had to use a lot of pedals just to fill out that sound. So I mean you can't really do that with anything except for the Rick and So yeah man but
4: yeah
2: want to talk your influences sure
4: so it kind of like varies a lot but I will say just bands that I've listened to for like the longest would definitely be like System of a Down Red Hot Chili Peppers Blackstone Cherry and uh, yeah that's it for now but uh, (laughs) actually the thing I could like really name that I've like listened to like through and through like Forever. But uh, drummer-wise, I want to say Connor Dennis from Beartooth and then John Fred Young from uh, Blackstone Cherry. I don't know if you've ever watched those guys before. Those two are freaking animals behind a kid, dude.
1: Yeah.
4: And then... uh, Shit. I can't remember the drummer's name, but from System of a Down, dude. That guy was killer. Oh, the the John John, John something, but also... The rev from Avenged Sevenfold, man. Rest in peace, baby. Rev, oh, the rev, yeah. the rev was for
0: sure. And see, I remember, I remember there was like a definitive line, like where it was. Well, back when I was in high school, it was just like, uh, you know, the, the Avenge Sevenfold thing, like really wasn't cool. Like they, like by the time oh. they came out, it's like when they had the whole like crab core thing. So it was like mm-hmm, if, yeah. you know, if you didn't listen to that shit, like you sucked. And um, <laughs> I remember being ashamed to like Even Sevenfold. And then oh, dude, dude, you
3: go back so good, honestly, like, with all that being said, you go back and listen to that album right now. That is a killer, killer album. Yeah. You're like, what the heck? Like, that should not have came out until like ten years later. Oh, yeah.
2: It's so Waking the
0: Fallen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Waking was, the Fallen was sick. City of Evil was great too. City of Evil. That, was was great. that you guys broke up again or Frozen again? Can You hear me now? Oh yeah, there we go. Right.
2: So, on.
3: I was I was speaking of City of
2: Evil.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember seeing the Beast and the Harlot video and be like, like, oh my. God.
2: Yeah. Beast and the Harlot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was is first. that the one talking? Uh, they're like doing a play on uh Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas.
4: That was Back Country. Yeah, really. Oh, that's,
2: back, that's, right, that's right. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
4: yeah. But still super rad though, dude. Beast in the Harlot was probably actually yeah, that was the first song I ever heard by them was Beast in the Harlot, and then obviously Back Country because that was freaking... yeah, Back Country was nuts. Mm-hmm. Damn.
0: Sure. Well, they are another one of those bands too that have like the super catchy, rememberable choruses too.
1: Totally. Yes. Oh,
0: yes. Yeah. Totally. And it, it's it's crazy now because you could definitely hear the absence of the rev in their music.
2: Yeah, and, yeah, and for sure. Uh, obviously, the drummers they've had since uh, Mike Portnoy for a little tiny bit, and then Aaron Lj, and now the guy I forget his name, but he played in Bad Religion before them. They're they're all absolute monsters, like crazy mm-hmm. good. But uh, you know, you're not going to be the rev, and no. and at the end of the day, those guys are bringing their own thing to the table. So, and I respect that. Like no one's trying to be the rev and they're doing a great job at paying, you know, paying tribute to the rev, but also being their own musician and uh, they're doing a great job. But at the end of the day, it's not the rev, you know, and it, it, it sucks.
0: Well, you I should of, say
2: it's not the rev. The music's good.
0: Oh yeah. Well, you kind of see the same thing going on now with like um with lamb of God after their drummer, Chris Adler yeah. left like art Cruz, formerly of, um, uh, God damn it! They were just on the. Wins of a my plague, wins plague. There we go. Yeah, he was an incredible drummer, and like I've I've had the privilege to see him live twice with him, and uh, he's incredible. And he's nuts.
2: Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, we're he's seeing sick. them on Monday
0: for Casey's birthday, dude. Nice. Dude,
4: that guy looked higher than some fucking giraffe pussy when I saw him live. It was freaking insane. That was <laughs> a mad drummer, though. I swear. Wait a second. Wait a
2: second. Higher than giraffe's pussy. Fuck yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty up there. That's scorching high right there.
0: <laughs> the other one too is um, Jay Weinberg. Now it's Slipknot.
2: Oh yeah, he's yeah, he's another we just uh, saw him absolute last animal. Weekend. Silent Bob over here. Mm. Did you like Slipknot? Mm. Yeah, we saw him at Blue Ridge last weekend. They freaking killed it, man.
0: That's awesome. So, That's awesome. I guess let's get into the live aspect of you guys. Sure. Um, I've seen you guys have been pretty active playing shows this summer. Do you have any memorable ones?
4: Ooh, Shide's was rad. Last week was cool.
2: Oh. Uh, yeah, Cody, I mean, Cody, you want to
3: start? We, we already shouted out West Side Bowl. That's honestly, that was one of my favorite venues I've ever played in any band. Um, We played Shide's Diesel Rally yeah. in like I guess that's Southern Indiana. Um, so it was just a big tractor pull, freaking diesel drag, and that was sick. Not um, for nothing. No,
0: I don't want it to be like any disrespect or anything. But that's like the kind of place where I think you guys would thrive in a place like a. Diesel no, that's pole. not disrespect.
2: That's a compliment. <laughs> yeah,
3: for sure. we, that's what we're going for, baby. We're
4: a
2: party band,
4: man. So, like people that, smashing beers and stuff. That's us, sure. man. So that show, that place, like where they had it at is actually, uh, down where I live at. So I actually live, so we're in Indianapolis, but I live two hours South. So Shides Diesel has been a thing for like, almost probably like 10 years. And they usually have like 20 to 30,000 people roll out and it get, it's like literally down, like it's literally the party of Southern Indiana, like guaranteed, like people were fucking piss drunk. By, like, 10 o'clock <laughs> in the morning, dude. Like, it was insane, man. Insane. Yeah. Then we always
3: have to shout out uh, the Mel, the Melody Inn. Um, that place is so sick. And Dave and just Nick. Nick doesn't work there anymore, but uh, Nick, I mean, he does sometimes. He's on um, full-time. But, yeah. Freaking Jack, dude. Everyone there is so sick. Uh, yeah, the Melody Inn, it's like uh it's just like a punk bar. Mm-hmm. And we're like honestly, we're we're like uh a, a I was just telling someone earlier our, our uh, photographer Yog. Um, I was just telling him, I was like, dude, we're really just like a punk band just playing rock and roll. So we just fit in there perfect.
1: Yeah. We fit yeah. in with those
3: dive bars
4: and um yeah, this I love that place, the melody in. Kinda, this kind of this kind of goes back to what I said earlier, like the versatility and whatnot. Like, dude, we can go play in front of like Dude, like a couple thousand drunk rednecks and whatnot and go play a punk bar the next weekend and whatnot and still like just yeah. keep it like alive. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. But either way, <laughs> I just know it's first of all people eat the shit up, dude. people I, I, eat it up.
2: I just Every time. I just spent two minutes trying to think of my memorable show the summer and I just I just thought of it. We're playing down in Louisville at Kaiju oh, Bar. Yeah,
3: dude. You guys
2: already know what I'm about to say.
3: Yeah, bro. Um.
2: <laughs> And uh, we're down there with Eastwood, Thresh, um, and that was it. Um, and uh, we were down there, and it's a sushi restaurant by day. And then come, like, 3 o'clock, the kitchen closes, and it turns into, like, a, a bar, like a straight-up bar with the venue in the back. Um, but they, like, prepare sushi kind of, like, uh, in the little plastic clear container things. Yeah. So we all had sushi for dinner. I did not.
4: I... Did
2: not, I had I mean, sushi for dinner. I have a I
4: choice,
2: um, and I guess my sushi was bad or whatever. And it was <laughs> it was like 95 degrees on stage, you know. Um, and we have I think two songs left, and I'm like up chucking in my mouth, and I'm like, guys, we gotta cut it. Yeah, I was throwing up, <laughs> and like, literally, I'm holding it in, but I was like, I got it. This is disgusting, but I gotta take care of business. So I was like, hey, we got two songs left. Give me a second. You know you what really? I mean? Yeah. <laughs> So I I like put my guitar down and, and run to the bathroom. I get to the bathroom. I'm drinking some water. I'm like, okay, I don't have to get sick anymore. So I come back to the stage for our last two songs, and uh, we're closing with Southbound, um, a song off off Under Fire. And uh, I turn around to, to Cody, just with my back <laughs> to the audience, and I'm literally like, <laughs> a, about to get right sick. Trying
4: to hold it all together. Like
2: it's it's gross, man. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, this is a freaking disaster. <laughs> So as soon as the last note hit, I hit my, my tuner pedal so it didn't make noise, and I run outside, and I was getting sick like nothing else for, like, 10 minutes. I, it, it was the worst. So that was my highlight of the summer right there. Yeah, guy.
3: but then you came in and ripped it, dude.
2: <laughs> yeah. um,
3: well, and then also, those two bands, shout out to Thresh. They might be the best band from Kentucky. Yeah, like, they're, they're freaking they insane. Extreme. Um, and I love that they're a freaking three piece, and they sound so full. Those they guys are so rad.
2: Their CDs um, coming out soon.
3: Yeah, right? yeah, yeah.
2: So check yeah. check them out if they you So you're
3: and then Eastwood. If anyone's not familiar with Eastwood, um, Louisville, like I think Oldham County Boys. Um, so Cole, uh, he was jamming with Knock Loose for a long time, and now Eastwood—that's his new band. Yeah, and they're, they're super sick. It's like. Dude, it, this sounds weird, but it's like country vibes meets pop punk. Okay, it's a really good way. It's it's like really good. It's rocking, dude.
2: Yeah, East, Eastwood's actually one of my favorite bands. So playing with them was kind of yeah. kind of crazy and, for me. Uh, the guys
3: are super they put, nice too. Yeah. Super um. Nice. Yep. Cole's Cole's been. We played. Mike and I played with Cole. Like we played with Knock Loose a lot back in the day. So we knew Cole, and then to play with his new band, and then our new band was super sick yeah so definitely check out Thresh and then check out eastwood they put a, Eastwood put out an album with pure noise um that album's super sick so yeah check sure. those guys out
0: so you guys recently just signed with cB entertainment
3: mm-hmm.
0: how did the, how did all that go about how do you like it being under the c b entertainment legend entertainment okay. umbrella?
2: Yeah, so uh, we would known some people that had worked with Chris in the past, uh, saw him liking posts, watching our stories and everything, and, and we were trying to figure out, like, are we really on this guy's radar? Like, you know, he's, he's uh, you know, the real deal in, in the band management, you know, yeah. realm. So we were kind of like, this is crazy. You know, maybe he's just, you know, throwing some sympathy likes or whatever. Um, and then we got a hold of him and, uh, you know, introduced ourselves and saw it was a good fit for him, good fit for us. Signed on, and then since then, uh, nothing but the highest praise. You know, it's it's been awesome. Uh, We got some really cool stuff next summer that we uh, can't say, um, (laughs) but we're got it in the works right now. Um, And uh, it's just, uh, I think all four of us really think it's um, a necessary thing for us doing this full time. You know, it's it's Mm -hmm. we could be with Chris until the day this band is done, and it'd be huge. You know, this is, this is something that is setting us, setting ourselves up for, uh, the next level. So it's, it's, it's been great ever since then. Uh, like a week after signing on with him, he had Cody and I out to incarceration fest to meet him. We had beers with them, hung out, smoked cigarettes, had a good time. Um, saw some great bands, met some, some bands on the label or or the management company. And, uh, it's been great, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's been nuts.
0: That's awesome. Uh, I've told him plenty of times before. I don't know how he gets it or what his criteria is for signing artists, but I have not talked to a single one that I thought was a prick like ever this entire time. Really? And basically this show was built off of interviewing his artists.
2: That's
3: sick. (laughs) I love it. Very cool. Actually, last week I had Paralandra
0: on. I'm
2: I'm a huge prick, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, well, it works, dude. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, um,
2: yeah,
4: this guy's bring out a fucking, I don't even know what it is.
0: Picture. Like,
4: yeah, picture.
3: Dude, bub. that's Thirsty Pony, too. Yeah, dude, we're really shouting out Thirsty Pony tonight, baby. Sandusky,
0: Ohio, baby. Yeah. <laughs> the best part in the world.
3: I didn't even know that that's
4: what he had. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, the, uh, the one thing back to Chris, though. Oh, I'm sorry to cut you off.
0: It's all good, dude. But, uh,
4: when we were going like realizing that chris was like we were getting he was like kind of like looking at our stuff we kind of like realized that we needed to build like a team pretty well and that's what right. uh i did i did a lot of like studying and stuff like that like just like just in the music business 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 did a, business. Lot, of studying. <laughs> did a lot of studying and stuff like that and uh basically i'm um, having a manager like that knows what he's doing is pretty well the first step of what you really need and whatnot that's yeah. kind of like a, and of course it's not it's different for like other cases like other bands and stuff like that i'm sure some people are successful doing it all themselves and stuff like that but we just felt like we needed somebody to help us actually get us there to that next level somebody that's actually done it and is like in basically with the industry and stuff so hopefully yeah. uh that's gonna go like hopefully yeah it's gonna be big The cool thing with Chris Chris is, like, he's done
3: it already. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and like, yes, we've also done it, but Chris did it at a very high level. Um, You know, uh, like, Metal Blade Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Um, Rex Brown. Yep. Uh, He's he's done it. And then also just, like, his – so, we come into contact all the time with people who have done it, and we're just, like – all right, I don't really vibe with that guy. But we vibe with Chris because super personable and then super professional at the yeah. same time.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, he's very easy to talk to. His communication skills are great. So,
0: um, I mean, he's just a solid guy.
4: Dude, I'm surprised that guy doesn't have a podcast. Of, uh, oh, yeah. that dude. I think he's starting one.
3: Yeah, he? I think he
0: just started one. I think he's on, like, episode oh. two or something now. Actually, in the yeah. next couple of weeks, I'm going to have him back on this show again. Awesome, That's amazing! Man. Heck yeah, man. So actually, it's a funny story. So William Duval from Alice in Chains was playing in Philadelphia, and I was this yeah. is in the very beginning of the show. Like this was like super ambitious, and I was like, I'm going to get William Duval on my show. Like we're going to blow up. This yeah. is going to be huge. Yeah. So I spent a week trying to find who to contact. So I finally got in touch with his management company, and then I talked to uh, Jamie over there. And she's like, I can give you William Duvall. That's not a problem. She's like, but I need you to interview this other guy first. He just wrote a book and, you know, he wants to get it out there. I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. Send him my information or whatever. And it was Chris. And then me and him talked for, it was like, I think that episode was like two and a half hours or something. It was like ridiculous. And, um, at the very end, he's like, Hey man, I have a record label and this and that. Um, would you mind talking to some of my artists? And I was like, yeah, sure. And that was back in 2019. And here we are three years later. And pretty much everyone that comes yeah. through his roster, it's almost like the rite of passage for CB Entertainment. Yeah.
2: <laughs> very cool, dude. Very That's cool. so sick, dude.
0: Yeah, man. I'm, I'm very thankful for getting in touch with him. He's, uh, he's introduced sure. me to some really good people. Cool guy. And I've interviewed a lot of really good artists that are on his label. And now I've had the opportunity to talk to you guys. For yeah. sure,
1: man. Yeah, hell
0: yeah! I think you so guys might be, be might be my new favorite. You guys might have knocked Paul Bartholomew off.
4: Yes. <laughs> Mine's empty already,
0: but so go get <laughs> yourself cheers. another one. Go cheers,
4: Bill. Dude,
2: speaking <laughs> of Paul Bartholomew, ah, man, Paul. We we saw him at Incarceration. We got you, Paul. And he is an absolute monster, <laughs> man. Oh, he yeah, he is so freaking good. <laughs> yeah.
0: I remember he sent me that, uh, not actually, he did send me this last album before it came out, but then, um, the one before it, screaming through the radio, he sent me that like months before it came out. And like, I was like, dude, I really want to show people this. Like, I remember hearing that. And of course this is all right before COVID. And I was like, dude, when this hits America, you're going to be like the biggest fucking thing ever.
4: I'm sorry. That I is good. I didn't catch who that was. Who did you say?
0: Paul. Paul. We met him. Oh, yeah. yeah.
4: Dude, those guys were super the, nice. The bloke from UK? Like, yeah, dude, yeah. Dude, uh, what <laughs> is that song, man? Time Bomb. Time yeah. Bomb. When we, we, when I was like, we were we were literally standing there with Chris, dude, and as soon as they part, started playing that song, I was like, God damn. I was like, this guy? I was like, that dude? I was got like, it. me looking at the table. I was like, that dude's fucking got it. Yeah, like that dude's got it. We, we were hanging 100%. with them
2: backstage and everything, um, and uh, just super nice dudes. I, I think his brother's playing drums or something. Yeah, like that. I got I
1: talked yeah. To him for a
2: hot minute. Really nice guys. We were hanging with them, kind of shooting the shit. Um, yeah, it, it, they they absolutely killed it, dude. And, and seeing him on their American debut at Incarceration, yeah, and, and you know strutting their stuff on stage like they were, like they 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 definitely got something going for them. For oh yeah. Sure.
0: Like I said, that uh, that song "Time Bomb" had come out right as COVID was happening, and obviously it was right before anyone knew it was going to shut everything down. And I'm right. hearing it, I'm like, dude, this is it. This is your year. And he's Deep like, you friend. really think so? I'm like, yeah, dude. Like when you come when you come to America, get ready because you're gonna be in like enormous. And then yeah. the world shut down.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's There's crazy. Big, it's like yeah, kicking East the nuts. It's
0: a stride of bad luck, I guess. Yeah. But- yeah, man. Well, I'm I'm glad now that everything's opening back up. Or I think I heard yeah. something that, that the pandemic is now over. I don't, I don't know. Well, yeah, I think it was like,
4: I think it was announced by that. What the hell is it? The,
0: the DC, C,
4: CDC or whatever, something like that. I don't know, dude. It's
2: been officially think. deemed the <laughs> yeah. knocked on, on the fucking thing, the the gavel. I yeah,
4: know, right. don't come to work with it, so. I
0: guess she's done, but it's based on paper. So I want to get into "Under Fire" here. Um, okay. Before this, you guys just released singles, correct? the The album "Under Fire" or yeah. the song the the album? Yeah.
2: So yeah, so before that,
0: uh, we
2: released singles off of the album. And then for people that have been around with us for years and years and years, the demo tapes that I previously spoke about that I recorded up in East Rutherford, New Jersey, um, there was actually a version of "Letter from a Racketeer and a version of "Stone Cold Fox" that were out on Spotify. So that's kind of the the first two, but they're they're off Spotify now. They're very hard to find. Um, and since then, we're just releasing singles off of the album because we start our first single was "Southbound." It released. I'm really good with dates. March 13th, 2020, right before COVID started, I was in the Bahamas. We released it. Everything was going great. We're flying back from the Bahamas, and it's like, oh shit, you might not be able to get back into the country. Like everything's just, you know, uprooting. Oh no, not um, the
0: Bahamas, please. Well, no, they, they <laughs> told us that at JFK, like, hey, not in the Bahamas.
2: <laughs> I was like, tell me that in the Bahamas. I will stay there. Yeah, no, they told us that in JFK. I was like, I need to get off Long Island, man.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) But, uh, no, so. uh, I hear you on that
2: one. Casey and I are the the two founding members still in this band, and I remember I called him, like, two weeks into COVID. I I go, hey, Casey, like, a lot of bands are doing a hiatus until things get sorted out. A lot of bands are breaking up.
3: Let's just hit it hard, dude.
2: I was like, what do you want to do? He goes, let's just hit it hard. I said, right on. So you know we were uh dropping singles, paying for advertisements, you know, doing anything we could to get our band out there while people are sitting at home, you know, doing nothing. You should be consuming music more than ever and bands were quitting, you know. So yeah. cuz uh, think,
3: think about it like this like you're not ripping gigs because you're not allowed to. So you have like you're not buying a new freaking bass or a new amp or whatever you can spend money on the band in other ways.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So
3: that's what we did. And then we had Southbound. So Cody wasn't even in the band at this point. Um, honestly, man, we've just been, we struggled until we got Cody. We just like cycled through drummers and cycled and cycled mm-hmm. and, uh, had fill-ins and then like semi-permanent drummers and all this weird stuff. And, uh, we put out Southbound and that, uh, with advertisement and just like, it got picked up by the algorithm. So that kind of popped off like in the algorithm. I don't even really know what that means, but it seems like everywhere, like Instagram, YouTube, like yep. uh, Spotify, it just popped off. And we had a lot of people just start listening to us. And then, um, the next thing we put out, I believe was drive, right? Yep. Then we put out Drive and a really cool thing happened. Um, it got put on it wasn't the official, but it was an unofficial Sons of Anarchy
2: like their soundtrack playlist. playlist. Oh,
3: so they have okay. and it and this playlist was huge. So like I don't I don't think we've ever talked about this. So the song Drive got picked up on Sons of Anarchy, and we started having all these like bikers just hit us up like i love this stuff you guys sound like motorhead motorhead's my favorite band and then with that and that song popping off then they added southbound to the sons of anarchy list they went back and grabbed our back catalog and put it on there and then we were getting a ton of plays on spotify on on this like unofficial sons of anarchy playlist (laughs) and we just freaking popped off and then after that, I don't really remember. It's kind of a blur.
2: Yeah. A well, the, yeah. Then, then we released name on a bullet uh, Memorial Day weekend of 2020 and, and stuff was still closed down and everything. I remember because that weekend was the first weekend that you could sit outside six foot distant from mm-hmm. people at a restaurant. And so I was living in downtown India and I went out on that day Um, and had the, the, the bar I was sitting at uh, play the song because it was out on Spotify and everything and. Um, it was just kind of surreal because, you know, like you're used to sitting at a bar like we are now, you know, and, and shoulder to shoulder and yeah. each table six foot apart and everything. And yeah, so the Name on a Bullet came out um, and we've been sitting on this album mastered for a year or so. And we're like, we we can't really release this until we can get back out on the road, play shows, you know, spin CDs, get, get this out into people's hands and everything. Um, so we literally sat on it from... May of 2020, uh, we released Stone Cold Fox and Letter, Thanksgiving of 2020. Then the full album didn't come out till October of 2021. Like, we've been sitting on it for that long. And oh, it, wow. it was just burning a hole in our pocket, essentially. And it's like, you, you couldn't re- release it if we can't play a show. Like, we, we played a couple, like, yeah. COVID-safe, you know, six-foot shows and everything. And it's like, it's just not the same. You know, venues are at 25% capacity, you know. You don't have people yelling at you in your face and everything. So we decided to just hold off on it. And then in that time, I was writing our second and our third album, which we're now sitting on. Um, So it's it's been a curse and a blessing in the sense that we were unable to release it when we wanted to. But we now have the surplus of music just, you know, loaded, ready to fire off uh, when ready. Um, And uh, we'll we'll be ready uh, pretty soon here.
0: Well, that's also things that I, I, I believe that like other bands would love to have. Just like a surplus cool. of music, like, you know, like a whole catalog that they're just waiting.
2: Yeah, it's the, the first step to do that is uh, Sit down. just write every day. And that's what I did during COVID. I, I wrote a song or at least a song every day. And then now since since COVID, I, I still write a couple songs a week. Send them off to these guys, and and they're like, yeah, that one sucks. This one's okay. We can work on that one. And it, it's just kind of, kind of how where we are right now.
4: Dude, Mike hates it when I say this. This fucker is a songwriting machine right here. I do hate it when he <laughs> says that. I, <laughs> like, it's like he'll whip up his demos, and we obviously like just add like our, I guess like touches and stuff like that. Like, say what could go here, what could what could be better, and stuff like that.
2: And whip out some bangers, dude. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I
4: didn't>
2: <laughs> he he called he me, is. he called me did bro once, and I'm like, don't say that. Like I'm, I'm a oh, huge really Foo Fighters fan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, that's like God to me. Him and Lemmy. So I'm like, don't say that. But <laughs> I
0: appreciate it. So speaking of Foo Fighters, you guys are gonna be checking out the second Taylor Hawkins tribute show on the twenty seventh? Yeah. Did Watched you watch the first, the first one. One? Yes. one? Yes. I did. That one was sick.
2: Do you see Wolfie playing Huffer? T-shirt? Oh, dude!
0: The second I heard that, I was like, "Well, I, I, I was more, I was more impressed with him playing on fire because he was, yeah. able to, he was able to play that like spot on. I mean, then again, that Literally, just, yeah. that just goes to show you that it's in the DNA. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he just totally he kicked so much ass. I was like, I couldn't believe it. I can't he's wait to unreal. see what he's going to do with this next one. Honestly, I think I'm more excited about that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Is that? This weekend or next
0: weekend? Uh, it's the twenty seventh, so it is next Wednesday, right?
2: That's next. Yeah. Oh, it's That's on a work day. Yeah. I'm gonna get fired.
0: Me, yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. I think it's not me. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know though because the this last one started, I think, like, well, you guys are an hour behind me, right? Or what time is it now? Eight fifty-five.
2: Yeah, we're Eastern time. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I think it started at four o'clock on our time before, so I, maybe they'll do the same thing here because they might have a longer um, curfew time in L.A.
2: Okay, that makes sense.
0: I mean, if they were able to do it at 4 o'clock, then I would have absolutely no problem doing that.
2: That would be amazing. Yeah. And I'm drinking 30 plus lights that night. It's going to be amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm a Michelob Bolter guy myself. Yeah, but... <laughs>
3: when your, your venue and show highlight, when we played it, We played at some random bar kind of, like, by where Cody – Oh, Bruceville. Bruceville Bruceville. uh, Rod and Gun Club, and Mike, like, walks up, and he's, like, standing at the bar, and he's, like, what do you have on draft? And they're, like, this, this, and Bush Light, and he's, like – Oh,
2: yeah, that was His face
3: literally lit up because in (laughs) Indy, Bush Light on draft is not a thing. And he was, like, what? And he's just smashing Bush Lights on draft all (laughs) night, dude.
2: I love Bush that been you your
4: favorite show. I actually forgot about that show. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one too. Though there was like 200 people who came out.
2: Easy. Something
4: like that. That was a Easy. really fun one, dude.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. So, I I well, you kind of already touched on it, but I want to dive into it a little bit more. What's the songwriting process for you guys? Like, obviously, like you are the front man, and you've obviously done the basically the entire first album on your own. Uh how's the songwriting process now work now with you're fourth member Silent Bob there? For sure.
2: Yeah. Silent Bob, uh, can you get Miller Lloyd's one in the freezer downstairs and one in the fridge? <laughs> <laughs> um so I the way I approach songwriting is I, I try to be the least dictator like person ever. Uh we we've all been in bands with dictators and this and that, and it sucks. And, and me being a drummer, I don't ever want to be overbearing on Cody. And that's why Cody is in this band. You know, he's an insane drummer. Like, he he's, the way I always say it is, I give him the keys to my car. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's going to be fine when it comes back. Like, he does what he wants. It's going to be great. Um, so the way I write songs, it, it's uh, kind of weird. And some people don't believe me. But songs just kind of come to me on a shit platter. Like, boom. Intro verse, chorus. There was one in the freezer, I think, too. Oh, no. Um, Logan
3: probably took it. <laughs> oh, that little turd.
2: No, so uh, there there will be, like, an intro or a riff or whatever, and the rest of the song just kind of splatters out. We're sitting up in my studio right now in the, the loft of my house, and I come up here after work and record it and send it off. And then uh, there's the yay or nay process, and um, – Then the songs that the guys really like, we sit down at practice and I teach Casey the bass part that I kind of had in mind or the general idea. He goes from there. Cody kind of jams along with it. And then we count in. And then this is as a three piece. They kind of are doing their own thing. We all collaborate together. Um, And then the songs come out. Now with Silent Bob over here, um, he, he writes just as much as I do um for as much as he doesn't talk he loves writing music so
4: man, um, man a few words but that fucker can rip yeah, yeah that's hard I swear so
2: yeah so we'll we'll be texting back and forth because he doesn't know how to talk and on the phone so um he uh he'll he'll be writing or whatever he'll be like hey this uh this demo uh for example right now our Third album is all the demos are named after Eagles players, both active and retired. <laughs> um, we're like, Hey, uh, Jordan Davis, I think we could do this in the bridge. And so uh, we'll text back and forth and shoot ideas back and forth. Um, so this is honestly kind of new to me. In the demo process, having a collaborative environment, because usually I, I used to send it to Casey and Cody. They're like, yeah, let's shame it in, in practice. But right now we're already going back and forth and shooting it back and forth. Um, and then pretty much instrumentally the song gets pretty refined and, and gets pretty, pretty close. Um, and then I have probably 400 lyric ideas on my phone, like song titles and everything. Um, and I kind of think of the vibe of the song and kind of see what's clicking in my head. Sometimes there's a course, like a lot of the new ones we're working on right now, the courses are all super well defined and, and kind of set in stone. Um, but if they're not, I have these song ideas and I'll send them 10, And I'll be like, which one of these rings a bell for this mood? And they'll be like, oh, uh, red line or, uh, liberty or this or that, you know, or, or nitro, you know? Um, and then I'll say, okay, here's what I think about. Here's what I'm thinking for the chorus. Like, yeah, I love that. Write the rest of the song. And then Casey and I sometimes get together and write lyrics. And, uh, I, I just sometimes, you know, get stoned and write lyrics and, uh, Uh, if I hit a writer's block on it, I'll, I'll pull and help, but yeah, it, it just kind of comes out as a a nice little shit pie of, uh, of dessert.
3: Over time, the songwriting, like I, i mean, obviously we've recently become a four piece, but like over time, the songwriting process has kind of changed. It's almost like, uh, Mike knows what I would say before I was going to say it like early on. (laughs) he would be like, hey, what do you think about this? And I would like literally write out this many notes. <laughs> like this part, this, like I would I would do a lot with like transitions. Yeah. And uh, he'd be like, I have this one verse for lyrics and it's sick. And then I would like maybe write a second verse or give him a couple lines or whatever. And then he would work off of that. But now it's almost like, he knows what I was going to say before it. Um, I'm not going to lie. Like recently I'm not as involved in the songwriting process as I used to be, but it's almost like we're on the same page now. Mm -hmm. Um, But Mike and I have written music together for years and years,
2: 15 years or so,
3: like 15 years. I used to, so uh, this is crazy. I played guitar in our metal bands I played uh, lead guitar, like dual lead guitar, whatever you want to call it. And Mike was the drummer. So um, now Mike's playing guitar, doing vocals. I'm playing bass. Um, but we've been jamming together for a long time. And we've been writing for a really long time.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, there's always like that... Um... Like I, I have it with one buddy of mine. We started playing around the same time. We were both guitar players and he turned in the, he started playing drums and like I started playing drums at the same time, but then like when me and him jammed together, like like we haven't played together in easily 5 years at this point. But we have that like I I, I don't it's like like an intuition almost where if me and him are jamming, we know what's like what the other one is thinking, and, and it's like one of those things. Unless you're a musician that's been like had something like that, you have no idea what what you're talking about when you say that.
2: It's tricky,
1: man.
3: So it's something crazy. else I want to say off of that: um, we're actually Cody's. Cody's uh Cody knows what I'm talking about here. Um, if you watch us live, we are. This sounds crazy saying this, but we're also a jam band. Um, You watch us live, no song, well that's not really true. Certain songs are not the same. If you watch any live video, you won't hear a missed note, but the song is not the same. The the entire like chord structure, song, song structure on the solos and the jam the bridge, parts, cause yeah. we do these like two minute extended solos <laughs> three, four, five times throughout the set. Um, they're not the same.
2: What, one in particular is the bridge of Letter from Racketeer. Yeah. We kind of just have it as a blank spot in the set. So after the second chorus, it goes into the bridge. And instead of just doing bridge into the outro, it's just blank. And, and I'll just play a riff in the same key that kind of fits a vibe. If I'm feeling more like trippy, I'll play like a more jammy thing, you know, in the same key. I'm feeling heavy and angry, which I usually am, because that song's kind of, you know, more pissed off, I'll play like a thrashy thing and then start soloing. Sometimes, um,
4: sometimes we do both.
2: Literally, like yeah. Both. Sometimes we'll do both. And these guys behind me some, somehow see whatever the fuck I'm thinking of and yeah. and learn it all on the fly. And I start soloing and then somehow get us all back on the same page. And then uh, we kind of use hand signals. i like, okay, we're bringing it down after four measures. And then it stops, and we'll go into fucking domination by Pantera. Uh, it's it's yeah, a yeah. it's a tight knit group, man.
0: It's, it's, it's like it's I know crazy.
3: I know if Mike walks back to Cody and looks at Cody, that we're moving on to the next part. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: You're really letting I, the yeah. Foo Fighters influence shine.
4: Oh, what was that?
0: So you're really letting the That's... Foo Fighters influence shine. Sorry. <laughs> Literally, yeah.
2: dude. Yeah they, yeah, they always do that live, dude. Yeah.
4: That's so true. Some songs are like 10 minutes long. I'm like, what the heck is going on right now? Michael, like we'll be playing live and Michael run back to me. He's like, we're going to play fast. And I'm like sitting there like kind of like, okay. And I'm like just waiting to see what the hell comes out of his fucking fingers. And we just, we just go. Another
2: another song we do that is Stone Cold Fox. (laughs) Is the bridge of Stone Cold Fox comes and goes pretty quick. Um, But I like talking to the audience, you know, doing shots with random girls in the audience and everything uh yeah. i shouldn't say random girls the last one was my friend's wife brandy um but uh you know just just fun <laughs> stuff like that um and uh Dude, after you got that
4: wireless system he's been oh you yeah this guy on the stage
2: yeah i go Literally, outside and okay. smoke cigarettes i'm sitting there solo and smoke a cig, like, <laughs> yeah. no i mean but uh yeah that's another song and and uh it kind of comes to a nice like jammy part like not stoner-ish, but just kind of like a vibey section or whatever. Yeah. And then, well, like, bringing it back down and then getting rowdy with it. And I, I got nothing but respect for especially these two guys. I mean, Austin, sorry, Silent Bob, um, you know, has only been playing one show with us, and he, he's following along just fine. Um, I'm, I'm up there orchestrating the band, and, and it's <laughs> like no one knows where it's going to go, but it's a lot of fun.
0: That's awesome. I, I'm excited to hear more. I can't wait for the next stuff to come out. I am a, uh, I think you guys got a lifelong fan here. And as long as you guys yeah. are putting out music, you're always going to have a space on this show.
2: Right on, man. We're coming to Philly very soon in nice. North Jersey. We don't, we don't have anything booked, but obviously my whole, uh, be out lineage is out there and a lot of, a lot of friends and everything. We got a couple connects in Philly, so we'll, we'll be in touch when we're coming out that way.
0: Sweet. Now, before I let you guys go, I wanted to touch back on the Foo Fighters thing real quick. Now, mm-hmm. you guys had all seen the the live stream. I, right. have a, I have a very strong theory about who the next drummer for the Foo Fighters is going to be. Okay. Rufus Taylor.
2: So, I'm a huge Darkness fan. And so he's playing with the Darkness right now and they're going steady, man.
0: Well, here's my theory. Everyone that played drums with them that evening, they all played the album tracks exactly how yeah. they were on the albums. When they yeah. did These Days with Rufus Taylor, they did the whole jam thing in the center. And, and it, it almost seemed like it was like rehearsed or something before then.
2: Rufus has been around the Foo for years, man. Like He came up on stage before and everything. I would be stoked. And I love The Darkness; they're one of my favorite bands. But Foo Fighters is obviously above them. But
0: the Foo Fighters,
2: <laughs> I, I'd be stoked, man! But no, I could actually see it. The Darkness has been through like six tremors now.
0: I mean, just the way that the, the chemistry was on stage with them for that particular song, and the way he was playing, and the, like, it was just—it was perfect. And it's just like this; it almost yeah. seemed like Taylor Hawkins was still there.
2: And they had Justin Hawkins out, uh, the singer of the darkness and lead guitars of the darkness. He sung uh, with Brian Johnson. He did Back in Black, I think. And then he also sung something with uh He sang Wolfgang
0: Wolfie. too. Yeah, he did, he, he oh, did both songs.
2: So maybe that's it, man. You've kind of blown my mind right now. Holy I mean, shit. It, 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 I mean, this is mean, actually I'm the first time cover. I've said this
0: on this show. So if this Bruce happens, I called brutal. this shit. <laughs>
2: well, I, I know who I'm calling when it's when this does happen. <laughs> Holy shit, you're kind of blowing my mind Where's right a Jersey now. Jersey Mike
0: coming out, dude. Like I said, I'm sitting oh, there, I'm really I'm watching weird. it, and I was just like, everyone else played it exactly the way it was on the album, and there was yeah. no difference at all. But then they did that whole jam thing, and I was like, he's the next drummer. Mark my words. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's see what
2: happens next Wednesday, man. Yeah. And I'll be watching out now. Because I guarantee
0: you at the end of that, they're going to at least announce what the future is for the band. Because I think I read an interview that Dave Grohl did that said, the Foo Fighters aren't done. Um, He said that? Yeah, I believe the Uh, interview he said, it's almost like if your grandparents got a divorce, what's the point? Two Christmases. That's very true. But I I don't know. That's what Dave said. So, I mean, if he's saying the band's not done, They're going to have to get a drummer and I doubt Dave's going to stop playing guitar.
3: Yeah. I mean, Uh, think about it like this, like Taylor Hawkins was incredible, but (laughs) Dave has dealt with this Mm -hmm. in the past. Yeah. In a like more like, I don't know, extreme way for like lack of a better term. Like think about like your front man and guitarist is just gone and he came from that so like i mean yeah. obviously it was it was honestly obvious to me and i'm not trying to say like oh it's just a drummer or whatever because no taylor hawkins was incredible godlike yeah but um like there was no doubt in my mind there yeah it
0: it's just that it's that that whole thing was just nuts but the fact that they're doing these two shows or they did the first one now they're doing this one it's just uh it's it's crazy the amount of support and everything they're getting from everybody. Oh yeah, you know yeah, I mean, like
2: yeah. the entire music scene, the entire pop culture scene. Like, yep. people are like, this this is big news. You know what I mean? Like, even people that aren't into rock and roll are like, yeah, I know a couple of Foo Fighters song, I'll tune in. You know, what I mean? it's just it's it's crazy,
0: man. Foo Fighters is our generation Led Zeppelin. I've been saying that shit for years. yeah Yeah. zeppelin's my favorite man of all time so
2: that's
4: that's... he's literally got a
2: tattoo on him. yeah i sure do
0: (laughs) (laughs) so before i let you guys go i don't have a question but this is your time to tell everybody where they can find you where do they find southbound beretta and uh yeah this is uh your time to tell the masses i guess for sure, man. Okay.
2: Yeah, we've been Southbound Beretta. Um, this is our new guitarist, Silent Bob, right there. Um, thanks again so much for having us, man. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, you you name it. Instagram, Instagram. Facebook, YouTube. If you get in deep enough uh, in OnlyFans, you'll find one or more of us there. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. None of us have OnlyFans. Don't Porn search hub. that. Pornhub. Right to Chubhub, Chubhub. Meatspin.com. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I am on Meatspin.com, though. Um, but, yeah, man, thank you so much, dude. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, you name it. Uh, Southbound Breda. Uh, we got a couple more dates lined up for the rest of the fall. Uh, then we're hitting the East Coast in the spring. Uh, we got Philly we need to get to now. We got South Jersey, uh, New York, North Jersey, Baltimore, you name it. We're out there. Uh, next summer, we got a bunch of fests that are in the works. Uh, can't wait to see you all out there, man. What's up, guys? We're Southbound Beretta. You can find us by Googling us.
3: See ya.
0: <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you guys for coming on. Right on, thank man. You so much, thank you so much. Man, thank you for having us. You've been
2: listening to Rage Against the Mainstream, the best podcast in the game. <laughs> We've been Southbound Beretta. This is Silent Bob. This is Casey. I am Mike. This is Cody. I am. Peace and love.